You're listening to And welcome to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Marvin Yue. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here for our January 2024 mid-month book news check-in, where every month we go over the latest Asian American book news and publishing announcements. As always, our podcast is supported by you, our listeners, at patreon.com slash booksmboba, where if you join our Patreon, you get access to our Books and Boba members-only Discord server, um, where we talk about all sorts of things in real time with each other, um, as well as our monthly bonus episode Boba Chats, um, where we and I, sometimes a guest, have a casual chat about what's going on in our lives, um, books and otherwise. So if you've been enjoying our show and want to support us, um, this is probably the best way, in addition to um, buying books on our bookshop, um, or leaving us a rating and review and those rating reviews are are really important they do help us get our name out there and recently like i usually don't go in and read our reviews and recently um, so i usually don't take offense at like mediocre or like bad reviews because you know everyone has their own opinion but i don't know if you saw this but we had a review come in um late last year where someone complained that um they felt scammed because we don't talk about boba at all on our podcast Oh no! And I, I kind have of not felt seen that. A little like why would like it's not in <laughs> our description, so I don't understand. I mean, I guess our title, but it's I more guess. of an indicator that we read Asian books, and we've definitely talked about boba on our podcast before. Yeah. But we have over two hundred <laughs> episodes now, so really. I know. I don't think we're scammers, but they did leave us a like a pretty low star review. So um, if you do enjoy our show, this is my my call to action to um, give us a nice rating review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, it really does help us out and bring balance to to the world, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my little moment of of saltiness there because I felt like we've been um, unjustly accused of something we didn't do. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to accuse us of something like make sure it's something that we actually did (laughs) (laughs) i read some bad reviews before of our podcast and uh sometimes i sometimes my feeling gets hurt because i'm a little bit more sensitive but then i get over it pretty quickly but um thank you to everyone who does leave a nice review it does really cheer up my day yeah and i feel like we've gotten more positive feedback than negative especially when we meet people in person so um i think we're doing a good job and if you think we're doing a good job too let us know because um uh, we and i are human and we need positive validation in our lives yep <laughs> but yeah let's get into it um it's been a pretty slow news month uh, because obviously the holidays things kind of slow down uh, so this episode will be more heavily book announcements than book news but as always thank you to rira for compiling the list of publishing announcements um, from sources all around the internet um, rira thank you for your service yeah all right so our first book deal is del rey acquired north american rights to kiana reeves debut novel the book of elsewhere which will be written by china Miaville. The story is set in the world of best-selling Berserker comic series, soon to be a Netflix movie and anime series, which Reeves created with writer Matt Kent and artist Ron Garney. The book follows an immortal warrior on a millennia-long quest. 
publication is set for July of this year. Wow, Keanu Reeves. Have you have you ever read Berserker or heard of the Berserker comic series? No, I haven't heard of Berserker. I've heard of Berserk. Um, it's a fairly new comic book series. So I'm looking it up right now, and it came out March 3rd, 2021 by Boom Studios. I mean, this and, main character on the cover art here is definitely Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and uh, this was a Kickstarter project, and it raised more than 1.4 million U.S. dollars. So people really wanted uh, this comic book series, and it's really cool that uh, Keanu has some writing experience before writing an actual novel, albeit with a writing partner. Yeah, I mean, I think in this day and age. The only person to get me to like buy into anything sight unseen would be Keanu Reeves. Um, by all accounts, he is one of the few celebrities who appear to not have any like skeletons in the closet and want to like jinx it. But I love reading stories about how he's just a nice dude out in the out in the wild. And yeah, I'm happy to um, to see him pursue his own projects because I think I feel I feel like we all love Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've heard some really great things about him from like industry friends. And also, he's pretty cool in in John Wick, I will say. (laughs) John Wick, not The Matrix or Speed? Of course, I love um, The Matrix and Speed. But I feel feel like John Wick is what he's uh, most well known for nowadays. Like the kids, do the the kids kids know know about Matrix? (laughs) I mean, they did release a new movie like a few years ago, so... Uh, I see. Yeah. It's kind of funny to see, um, you know, the YouTube videos of like first time watching this movie and like it's like movies from when I was in high school and I feel it just makes me feel real old. I mean, they could just have a blind spot like with you and Miyazaki films. That's true. That's true. Uh, But none of them will ever experience what I did, which was going to the Matrix blind and not knowing what it was going to be. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I had watched it for uh, English literature class back in high school. Um, I mean, the movie came out like before I was in high school, but I hadn't watched it until school made me. (laughs) And I had to like do like a whole uh, like hero's journey breakdown on it. And like I was really salty with my English teacher because um, I disagreed with her on like where the hero's journey began like it was it was like a whole thing and i think i got like a pretty bad grade on it oh no but but i went to college and um me with my dramatic writing classes i asked my professors i was like hey where do you think um the hero's journey begins in the matrix and they validated my point so i uh, love really. the story because it just shows you how Rira just carries these ships on her shoulder throughout her life. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> never forget. I honestly never forget. Um, but I actually watched The Matrix like pretty recently. I mean, recently as in like back in Thanksgiving. Um, it was my first, it was my mom's first time watching it. And she was a little, she was just like, whoa, when did this movie come out? Like last year? It's like, no, it came out, <laughs> came out over a decade ago. <laughs> I mean, so many films, so many action films can draw their lineage to The Matrix and what The Matrix did, right? But 
we digress. Um, congratulations to Keanu Reeves. Happy that he's uh, finally working on some of his own projects and excited to see um, all the Berserk stuff that's coming out soon. All right, next up, um, Viking acquired at auction world rights to Taiwanese-American writer Gracie Martin's Bones of Jade, Flesh Like Ice. This dark historical feminist fantasy novel is immersed in Taiwanese mythology and follows a woman on the path of revenge and redemption. Publication date has not been set. I love revenge stories. Yes, more women doing revenge. <laughs> We've been seeing a lot of these like recently in, in like all forms of fiction, right? Like I feel like for a while revenge stories were like the domain of like Korean auteur directors and now and now we're seeing them everywhere. I don't know, Marvin. A lot of sea dramas have revenge stories, don't they? <laughs> That's true. Maybe it maybe the Korean ones stick out because they've been in general more messed up than the Chinese ones. I think I think when people think of Korean revenge, they think of like Old Boy <laughs> and uh, Lady Vengeance, uh, which is directed by um, the same director. But I really like I'm really interested in this because I love stories that are rooted in Asian mythology. I'm not really familiar with Taiwanese mythology, but I'm pretty sure, Marvin, you're more familiar with it. That's kind of a complicated question because Taiwanese mythology can stem from so many places. Is it like mythology carried over from China or indigenous mythology, right? So I'm kind of interested to see which direction they take that as well. Also, the title of the book sounds really badass. Bones of Jade, Flesh Like Ice. Very like poetic. I don't know. It gives me like like Game of Thrones, you know, (laughs) Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, congrats to Gracie on the book deal. All right. Next up, in a two-book deal, Atria acquired world rights to Nisha Sharma's The Lotus Inn. This upmarket romantic suspense story features three sisters who are forced to return to their parents' dilapidated inn in the Poconos after their father dies under mysterious circumstances. Publication is scheduled for spring 2025. So what is upmarket fiction? Is that like a genre or? I don't know. Hold on. Upmarket fiction is a hybrid term. It's a combination of commercial and literary fiction. Um, It is strongly plotted, but the language is also carefully crafted. It may include complex plotting and multiple viewpoints. What is the difference? I feel like that is... So I guess that sounds like um, like elevated pop, right? Let's say like Captain America and Winter Soldier would be upmarket superhero fiction, right? Because it's like a superhero film, but also a pretty good political thriller. Okay. Right? <laughs> I, th- I think I know what, what you mean. Huh? Okay. Well, the more you learn. <laughs> um, but yeah, this sounds... Um, I think this is also like a setup that's becoming more common to see in Asian American fiction, which is diaspora homecoming, but to like, um, what was, what was it that we said was, um, Banya Moon, like immigrant, immigrant Gothic, trauma Gothic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Poconos. Um, so I've visited the Poconos because of family and I will say it is a place where a murder would happen. Mm. Something about mountains, you know? Yeah. Really brings out the serial killers. <laughs> I mean, this is not a book about a serial killer, but, you know, mysterious circumstances. It's in the mountains. It makes me wonder. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like a good time um, for sure. All right. Next up, Bloomsbury acquired North American rights to Men Like Ours, 
the debut novel by Bindu Basnath, uh, who is a writer for The Cut. The story follows a suburb of South Asian immigrant women that is shaken after the death of a mysterious community member. Publication is planned for 2026. Man, more murder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing like a good murder to shake up a um, cultural enclave of, like, suburban like minorities right it makes it kind of gives me little fires everywhere vibe where it's like a suburb and there's like a lot of tension and secrets um i don't know why the title is called men like ours it it gives me like patriarchal vibes so maybe like maybe there's like some kind of um i'm also getting some like desperate housewives vibes like that's true. You know, it's just like a suburb where everyone's like kind of cheating on each other. Well, I'm looking at like the further description on Publishers Marketplace and it says that uh, it is, according to the publisher, it is a story of ambition, allegiance, womanhood, and the intractable fissures of community. So maybe the community comes together after this murder. Who knows? Yeah. I keep saying murder, but it's death of a mysterious community member so it's like they could have just died by normal circumstances and this is someone who is not really plugged into the community i don't know i'm making a lot of speculations but my mind always just goes to murder that's just how my brain is wired so congratulations to bindu all right our next book deal is simon and schuster acquired two projects by rachel lippincott and allison derrick the first book make my wish come true is a ya holiday hallmark movie meets how to lose a guy in 10 days set for fall 2024 make my wish come true is about a messy and reckless teen actor who needs to clean up a reputation and stages a fake romance with her childhood best friend hoping a little positive press will land her a dream role In the second book in the book deal, she gets the girl a Christmas novella. Alex and Molly visit a cozy Christmas-loving town where they try to matchmake their friends, Cora and May, and reveal the secrets they've been keeping from each other. Publication is planned for fall 2025. And if you're looking up the authors right now, Allison Derrick is the Asian author. Okay. Um, Yeah, I feel like... I'm not super familiar with like the Hallmark movies. Um, I know people love them. I feel like Hallmark and Lifetime are the only two places where you can get rom-coms nowadays. I feel like rom-com, you cannot see that in, in, in movies, definitely movies in theaters. I mean, they have like movies that go straight to streaming that can be rom-coms, but they have a very like small audience. Whereas like Hallmark, they're very consistent with their setup when it comes to romantic relationships and conflict. Um, But I really like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And um, I love like Christmas Hallmark movies because they're very cheesy. and (laughs) (laughs) And I love stories about friends who, you know, about nosy friends who are trying to like matchmake um, and meddle into their other, meddle into their family and friends' lives. So yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited to read these. <laughs> they sound like cozy reads. Uh, but like, this is kind of like a sidebar, but the Critics uh, Circle Award happened recently along with like the Golden Globes. And like, I heard a bunch of actors, including like Daniel Ratcliffe, talking about their dream role being like a rom com lead. Like the guy who gets the girl or like, you know, a a woman who's just like, I would love to be in a rom-com with like a leading man of color. And it's just like, yeah, 
why doesn't Hollywood give us that? Like, they don't they want money? Right. It's like, you have these A-list actors saying they want to be in a rom-com, and you have audience uh, audience members saying, hey, I miss 90s rom-coms, bring that back. And <laughs> Hollywood's like, no, let's, let's keep making superhero movies. I mean, and- you have a whole new generation of, like, hot young actors who are prime for rom-com stardom. So, yeah. I mean, everyone's making superhero movies. You know what people should do is a superhero rom-com. Because as we know, f- people in the MCU don't sleep with each other at all or kiss. I mean, I feel I feel like you get some of that in the Marvel TV shows. It, <laughs> but uh, it, again, it's a TV show. You need to invest so much time in it. Yeah. The thing about rom-com is it's very predictable, right? You go in for a happy ending you know that like halfway in the 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 couple is going to have a fallout uh because of some kind of misunderstanding and there's like some dramatic resolution like running through an airport to like to like uh seek redemption so it's like very formulaic but very therapeutic yeah it's not about time. knowing what happens it's about like what you feel in the moment like how much angst do they feel during that breakup sequence um, yeah, I can see how that can become like a catharsis drug, right? I had a friend who actually interned for Hallmark and her job was to just read a bunch of scripts that came in from uh, writers who wanted to make a Hallmark movie. And I was like, that sounds like the best job ever. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there were very badly written scripts in that pile. But I don't know. There's something very cozy and therapeutic about Hallmark movies. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Rachel and Allison for getting their rom-coms published. Our next book deal, Holiday House acquired world rights to Nancy Sol Miller's debut picture book, Sun, Moon, and Star, the retelling of a Korean folktale about three sisters who outsmart a tiger. Publication is scheduled for spring 2026. As a Korean, I am unfamiliar with this folktale. <laughs> I do know of a story where it's it's a brother and sister sibling, and uh, they do outsmart a tiger. So maybe that's the retelling of that story. But instead of a brother and sister, it's three sisters. I feel like there's also like a Chinese version of this, um, but I can't remember what the specifics are. But but yeah, like in in the original folktale, I. If it's the correct folktale that I'm thinking of with the brother and sister, um, like they escape the tiger because the heavens, they they like put down a bucket to draw water from like a local lake and they go onto that bucket and they are taken to the heavens and um, the sister becomes the sun and the brother becomes the moon. But uh the sister, she doesn't like it when people stare at her. So that's how she got like sun rays and <laughs> blinds people when people look at oh. her for too long. So that yeah. that is the folktale that I'm familiar with. So who knows? Maybe it's that maybe it's that retelling. I mean, the thing with folktales is they're also regional. Like every region has their own version of folktales too. So, you know, it could very well be the same tale, just like from a different part or from a different village or from a different part of, of Korea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Next up, Tundra Books acquired world rights to A Fly in the Chai, written by Zania Wadwani and illustrated by Chaya Prabhat. The picture book tells the humorous story of a grandpa and a fly as they battle over a cup of chai. 
publication is planned for spring 2026. I mean, if a fly lands on my chai cup, I'm they getting a cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a stubborn grandpa, so that's just me. I love um, chai, so. Yeah. This sounds cute. Can, this sounds like a fun yeah. book uh, for for kids. I hope the grandpa wins. Yeah, I have, a feeling, I have a feeling they're going to end up friends at the end, which is kind of gross, to be honest. No. Well, the fly is going to die in a couple days. <laughs> That's true. It's a lifespan. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> All right. Um, our next book deal is Holiday House Acquired World Rights to I Am a Bone Dancer, uh, written by Brandy Ann Waymura and illustrated by Amy Matsushita Beale. This picture book debut focuses on a Japanese-American girl celebration of the Obon Festival, a celebration of departed souls, as well as the larger story of the Japanese diaspora and the Japanese community in Hawaii. Publication is planned for summer 2025. So I vaguely know about the Obon Festival because of anime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do like an Obon Festival every year in Little Tokyo. I just haven't been because obviously neither Rira or myself are Japanese, so we don't, you know, celebrate um, the festival as part of like our cultures. But I feel like, you know, like, Day of the Dead type celebrations are, you know, every culture has one. Like in Chinese culture, we have um, the tomb cleaning day, uh, which is when we go and pay respects to our uh, departed loved ones. Yeah, we have something like that in in Korean culture as well. Uh, I'm looking up stuff and it says that the Bon Dance has a history of nearly 600 years. So it's been around for quite a while. Uh, Each region has a local dance and they have different music. And the dance has um, fans and there are like specialties in like some of the moves. So, yeah, like when I when I see the Obon Festival in animes, I always see people like at carnivals. You know, they there's like a lot of food stalls. They do a lot of um, like they, they do a lot of like carnival games and they're all wearing yukatas. So it's like a very festive holiday yeah all right next up harper children's acquired maria mariana yagam's no purchase necessary the story is about a tamil sri lankan whose life spirals out of control when he wins a prize in a stolen candy bar pushing him to navigate his actions and identity with and without his ever watchful family publication is set for winter 2025 yeah that's a really interesting premise on winning a grand prize um from something you shoplifted um, and navigating, I guess, that internal guilt, which I guess would be like more intense for like an immigrant child, especially for like a family that is trying to like play by the rules, I guess. Um, I don't know. I feel like immigrant families don't play by the rules. They're all about taking advantage (laughs) and survival. So I don't know about that. I guess it depends. Like my family would have definitely like looked down on me shoplifting. What would be a prize in in a candy bar? As someone who like didn't really grow up having candies and snacks with like those like I cereal mean, box prizes, I'm not sure what's actually in them. <laughs> I mean, I remember as like when I was in elementary school, one of my friends won a magazine sweepstakes prize, which was like ten thousand dollars in cash, a bike, and a bunch of like you know, merchandise. So it could be, yeah, it could be a lot of different things, but I remember that he couldn't accept his prize until he was 18 because no, we were still minors. I expected maybe like $20 off for no, so these prizes are pretty like, do you remember like monopoly from McDonald's? It's like someone won that million dollar prize, right? 
There's a whole documentary on that, and yeah. I don't think anybody won. <laughs> Sometimes these prizes are pretty pretty hefty because they're trying to they're trying to induce you to buy more candy bars, right? So like if like a million people buy a candy bar and you give one person like ten thousand dollars, like that's a net positive right there. Wow, that's profit. <laughs> that is, yeah, I, yeah. I never knew. <laughs> Maybe I should have told my parents to buy me more candy and no, snacks. No, it's all because a scam. there were, yeah. It's all a scam. You're right. You're right. Um, all right. Our last book deal for this month. Um, Atria and Simon Schuster Canada acquired North American rights to Lian Zhang's debut, Follow Us. The book follows a young woman who steals her mega influencer twin's identity after she mysteriously dies, only to discover that her twin's picture-perfect life is more sinister than it appeared on social media. Publication is set for spring 2025. I'm getting orphan black vibes. <laughs> orphan black um maybe like a less racist yellow face of like stolen identity but also you know i think this is the type of story we'll be seeing more of which is like digging into influencer culture and like what it actually entails and what it actually takes to present yourself as someone with a perfect life because i've met some influencers who like walk me through what their days are like and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of like image control right <laughs> Yeah, of course. It's a lot of image control. Um, no one really wants to follow like a negative person, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of influencers, they focus on positivity. And a lot of the times that's manufactured positivity. Um, but I wonder the mysterious death. My mind just goes straight to that. It's Sorry. probably murder, right? It's probably murder. It's if probably she, murder. If, if she's famous, then... Like, I wonder if it's going to be, like, one of those stories where they solve a murder by, like, looking at old Snapchat videos and Instagram highlights and, you know, they, like, discover a stalker or whatever. I don't know. I'm speculating. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like she steals her twin's identity to solve the murder. I think she just wants her twin's life, right? Like, it's kind of the most extreme version of, like, having FOMO because your friend's uh, on social media seems to like be traveling all the time and have all this money. And then like you dig deeper and realize that they're like in mountains of credit card debt. But I feel like, okay, so you know how identical twins aren't actually identical. There are like slight differences to them. Mm -hmm. I wonder if people, I wonder if the followers are going to catch on at least some of them. Yeah, that could happen too. I guess, um, you know, it sounds like a pretty cool thriller, um, that takes place in our social media age. And I'm looking forward to learning more about the book as, as it comes out. But congrats to Leanne um, on her debut. And I guess with that, um, like we mentioned, um, there's really no news for us to cover um, this month. Although um, if you missed the whole Sungate that happened on Book Twitter, I highly recommend <laughs> going on YouTube. There's a bunch of booktubers who covered that. And it's, it's a wild ride. Oh, you mean the but white lady not, who wants to copyright... Sun powers, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was such a weird story. Um, and it just kept going and going. But considering how it's not really related to Asian American authors, I, I thought that we shouldn't really cover it. And also, it's it's a couple weeks old, yeah. But it things kind of died down afterward, which is you know, I'm kind of relieved because so much was happening on book Twitter like before 2023 ended. So it's a it's a good start to 2024 in in Bookland. Yeah, um, hopefully we'll have some some good news to share next month. But to be honest, I'm expecting some some tea to come out between now and then. Uh, that will that will have no choice. I mean, but to yeah, because like 
January 2023, last year, it it began with an author who faked her own death. So what? <laughs> so like so many things happened last year in terms of like book drama and just controversies and just weird shenanigans. So I'm sure there's going to be more this year. I mean, as publishing gets more diverse and there are more entitled people who say stupid things online, I, it's, it's never going to stop. <laughs> but I hope that we do have some peace for the rest of this month, at the very least. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another mid-month episode, our first of 2024. <clears throat> Looking forward to exploring the new year with you all. And thanks again to Rira for compiling all the book news that we covered um, this month. Um, as always, you can support the Books and Boba Book Club by either becoming a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash booksandboba, um, purchasing books on our on the bookstore um, that you can find at booksandboba.com, or um, like we mentioned at the top of the show, um, giving us a nice rating and review um, because we, we do love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on um, why you listen to Books and Boba. Um, I guess before we go, uh, Mira, can you remind us what our book club pick is for um, January 2024? Yeah, we are reading Meet Me Tonight in Atlantic City by Jane Wong, and it's a memoir about girlhood, resistance, growing up in a Chinese-American restaurant on the Jersey Shore. And if you're familiar with Atlantic City, it's kind of like the Vegas of the East Coast. So there are casinos, and um, the book dives into the author's father's gambling addiction, so trigger warning for that if if gambling addiction is one of your triggers. Yeah, uh, we'll be discussing that book at the end of the month. So if you've already finished the book and have thoughts, please let us know either on our Goodreads forums or our Discord server if you are a Patreon um, supporter. Um, But with that, thank you so much for listening to our January mid-month episode and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Ryu and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Books and Boba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at booksandboba.com. Books and Boba is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about the collective and check out our fellow Potluck shows by visiting the website podcastpotluck.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Charlene Kay. I'm a musician, songwriter, and guitarist. Growing up, I loved music. Whether it was pop, acoustic, emo, I ate it all up. But as a Chinese-American kid living in Scottsdale, Arizona, I also felt isolated, never really seeing artists who looked like me or shared my experiences. So after years of performing on stages all over the world, I wanted to create a space to highlight the amazing Asian musicians who I knew were out there, just not always getting played on the radio. That's why I started Golden Hour, a podcast where Asian singers, songwriters, instrumentalists, and music producers share their personal stories. And it's a space for you to discover your new favorite artist. Listen to Golden Hour with me, Charlene Kay, wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. 